Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I, I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Well, hey, hey, welcome to hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program. If you're listening to the podcast, Wendy Bell Radio, wherever you get your favorite listening material, join our army, one and a half million downloads strong. It's easy to do. Like I said, Wendy Bell Radio, wherever you get your podcasts, like, follow, share, suggest us to somebody, five-star review. We appreciate you guys so much. Does anybody out there give a rat's rip? What the global elite schmucks in the world want us to do and how they want to steal our our livelihoods and our freedoms and all that. Do you care that these people want to have meetings and somehow dictate the agenda of our countries going forward? I, I care in a peripheral fashion, but why do we give these people any oxygen? All of them are sleeping together, so apparently there's another World Economic Forum of suck. Klaus Schwab, who is just a dark and dirty clod. And all of his little minions, the Christian Freelands from Canada, Justin Trudeau, Lord Farquaad, and all these others, Jacinda Ardern, Skeletor from New Zealand. They're all acolytes of this system that you and I don't want. It doesn't benefit us. It makes us even more minion-like under their iron fists. And yet all of these lackeys are flying over there to, to sit down for this global summit. Yeah, yeah, we should totally go. Uh, we've got multiple wars going on. We've got an inflation issue that's out of control. American families are living paycheck to paycheck. People couldn't survive a $500 surprise, you know, bill if they had one. But we should totally go on the taxpayer dime and fly to Davos, Switzerland, where, you know, all the good stuff happens. We can dine on the finest caviar, park our private jets over here. And then tell everybody else how they ought to live. Who's going to this meeting of suck? Well, there's a handful of Democrats who suck just as much. Janet Yellen, 
She's going to Davos, Switzerland. Hey, Janet, we got some issues here in this country, lady, right? Who else? Marty Walsh. John Kerry. John Kerry has just announced he's stepping away from his climate czarship so he can help Joe Biden with his reelection. <laughs> okay. J.B. Pritzker, who we just heard from, he's going to be making the trip. Chris Coons, Mr. Joe Biden is well-seasoned. Joe Manchin, whatever, Joe. You got into infrastructure, you're dead to me. And on the GOP side, oh, look, Brian Kemp. <laughs> the Uniparty elite. And also Maria Elvira Salazar. She's the Florida representative who believes that we should continue giving Ukraine money no matter what. That's your, that's your GOP contingency. Those two. All right. So as that's going on, even though that doesn't do anything beneficial for us, Ukraine now has rejected a, an offer from Russia for ceasefire. This is at the, the Davos quote-unquote peace summit. Isn't that an oxymoron? Peace summit. These people want war. These are the people who love the global compact on migration, open borders, people moving around, creating chaos, feeding off of the social welfare system, right? Why on earth would Ukraine not agree to ending the slaughter of of innocent people? Well, because there's a lot of money to make in war. Mm, Zelensky's made quite a bit of it. Here's your story, Breitbart.com. Ukrainian officials vowed to continue the war against Russia. That equals you want this to continue forever. Why? Why is it Putin? Ah, that evil man. He probably is. I don't know. But when he says, hey, let's, let's come to the table. Enough with this. If you are serious about peace... You would do it. Ukrainian officials vowed to continue the war against Russia until Moscow returns all of the occupied territory during a so-called peace summit in Davos, Switzerland, ahead of the annual meeting of the World Economic Forum of Suck. Switzerland hosting a meeting of 81 representatives from countries and international organizations in Davos yesterday to discuss a formula, quote, for a lasting and just peace in Ukraine. Well, Ukraine said no. All right, let's get back on the plane, head back home. American officials from the Biden administration attended the meeting, including U.S. Special Representative for Ukraine's Economic Recovery, Penny Pritzker. Isn't this the same Penny Pritzker who's a part of the higher education anti-Semitism fiasco that's going on out there. What's she the president of? She's the president. What is it? Not Harvard, but she's at Penn. What is she? She's MIT. I don't know. She's got her fingers all over it. Billionaire family. And the U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs, James O'Brien. Okay, whoever that guy is. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, who's expected to address the globalist World Economic Forum meeting later in the week was represented in the talks by Andriy Yernak, the head of the office of the president of Ukraine. I'm sure Zelensky was too busy wearing his camo colors, his drab green yak, to fly all over the world and dip his hand into the pockets of foreign governments. So you've got that on the one side, right? 
You've got Senate Republicans, this James Lankford guy, and I got a little bit on him. I did a little bit of, little bit of digging on this guy. You've got the House and the Senate trying to create some kind of a budget deal, not shut down the government, do something about the border, which should be the number one priority, while still never-ending funding for Ukraine, for Israel, for whomever, for Iran, for the Houthi rebels, because we can fund them. Hell, we've already given billions of dollars to the freaking Taliban. It's a free-for-all. Here we have Senator James Lankford, the Republican from Oklahoma, who's trying to work with Schumer on this. And the deal that these dudes are working on is dreadful. It's 100% suck, okay? Anything that gives billions and billions and billions and billions and billions more money to Zelensky, when we know, you know, we kind of lost like a billion dollars of our missiles. Where did those go? I have no idea. All sorts of guns and ammo. Gee whiz. Huh. Well, let's just send them more. Can you imagine if you lived your family, like if you raised your family and ran your finances like that? Look, honey, we're going to have to file for bankruptcy. Eh, let's just go out and we'll open up a few more credit cards. That makes sense, right? This Langford guy, his guiding philosophy and working with Chuck Schumer, hmm, on border stuff and funding Ukraine. His philosophy is to love all immigrants equally. <laughs> How do we get these people? Also, Breitbart, Speaker Mike Johnson shoots down this Senator Langford Senate immigration deal. Touche, Speaker Johnson. Touche. It's terrible. It does nothing to keep the flow of people from continuing. Here's your story. Speaker Mike Johnson has thrown cold water on Senate negotiators of a border compromise. There's no freaking compromise. Here's the compromise. Shut the border down. What do you get for that? Oh, I don't know. The safety of the American people. Sadly, your money laundering operations with human child and other trafficking, which has replaced the cartels and and the drug trade as the most lucrative business in America. And we are the epicenter of this, right? Humanity, where'd they all go? Heck if I know. What's for lunch? That's where we are. Mike Johnson throwing cold water on this deal? Absolutely not. Johnson tweeted. What does the deal give us? Here, let me... I'm going to open this up and expand it so my 53-year-old eyes can see it. This deal that Lankford and Schumer have decided upon. Oh, it's great. Fantastic. Increase green cards by 50000 a year. That's, that's perfect. That's what we need. Work permits for the adult children of H-1B holders. Great. Let's get everybody working. You know, we need them to pick the crops. That's what Nancy Pelosi and, and what's-his-face Nadler said. Immediate work permits to every illegal alien released from custody. Taxpayer-funded lawyers to certain unaccompanied alien children and mentally incompetent aliens. Right, we're going to give them lawyers. Why not? 5,000 migrants per day will be allowed into the United States. This is a plan. A Republican senator thinks is a good deal and restricts parole for those who enter without authorization between ports of entry. Come on, come all. 
does nothing to secure the border, and it gives more money to Ukraine. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Okay, don't go anywhere. It's not usual that I would get Mr. Wonderful's voice on this show, but he says something, Kevin O'Leary, said something fantastic over the weekend on CNN and left the news person going, I got to play it for you. Coming up next on the Lindy Bell Radio Program. All right, so before I get to Kevin O'Leary, one of the Shark Tank dudes on CNN talking about the weakness of this real estate case against Donald Trump, the one going on in Florida. I mean, it's so stupid. Before I get to that, and he just, in a very matter-of-fact, blistering way, eviscerates the idea that Donald Trump and somehow wronged somebody by over-inflating the value of his property, his business, his brand, all of it. Patently idiotic. Kevin O'Leary, beautiful job of just being like, slicing through it. But before I do that, I want to read this to you. Because I don't want to just pass by this James Lankford guy, the Republican from Oklahoma, and, and what he says and what he is agreeing to as a liaison in the, in the Senate to talk to Chuck Schumer, who's just gross. If Chuck Schumer is anywhere near this, you need to take a shower and step away. Lead Republican immigration negotiator James Langford's guiding philosophy is to love all immigrants equally. Senate Republicans lead immigration negotiator Senator James Langford revealed Saturday that that is his guiding philosophy on the issue. It's to equally love legal immigrants and illegal aliens because that's really what matters here. Love. It's not even Valentine's Day. Langford is currently leading negotiations on immigration in the Senate to strike a deal with Democrats who, along with most Republican lawmakers, hope to keep sending billions in American taxpayer dollars to Ukraine. Stop it. The Immigration Accountability Project revealed Thursday that Langford's reported immigration deal would increase overall legal immigration to the United States. Eh, we don't want it. Two, give work permits to the adult children of visa holders. Eh, we don't want it. Three, expedited work permits for illegal aliens released from federal custody. Ladies and gentlemen, we know there's already a years-long backlog in these judges' courtrooms. Eh. Non-starter, James. Come on, Jim. All right, Kevin O'Leary. Let's talk about this this case against Donald Trump. And he's going to say, look, as a business developer, as a as a rich dude, anybody involved in real estate, this is what they do when they're going for a loan, knowing that they're not going to get their full value. They say it's going to come in lower. They say, hey, we're going to paint the rosiest picture we can. Listen to his evisceration of this lawsuit. Go. And let's leave out politics and just talk about what happens in real estate development anywhere. So if you're a developer and you've got a building on on a block anywhere in America and it's worth, let's say, $500 million and you want to build a building right beside it, you go to the bank and say, this building is worth $500 million. I'd like to borrow a construction finance loan against this asset. And I want you to tell me it's worth 500 million too. And the bank negotiates with you and says, well, no, we think it's worth 400 million. And you fight it out. You're always trying to show your assets in the brightest light with the sunshine you can possibly determine for them. You want them to be worth the very most because you're only going to get a 40 or 50% loan to value, as it's called. Then you borrow that money. In the case of a $500 million asset, maybe you get $250 million, and you build a new building with a construction finance loan. 
And so that's what this case is all about. What, and, and by the way, forget about Trump. Every single real estate developer everywhere on earth does this. They always talk about their asset being worth a lot, and the bank says no. And that's just the way it is. So in this case, when I'm trying to figure out, and I'm not pro or con, or I don't care about the politics, who lost money? Nobody. The bank got paid back the construction finance loan, and a new building was built. And if, if you're going to sue this case and win, you've got to sue every real estate developer everywhere. This is all they do. This is what they do all day long, every day. So I don't think this thing will ever survive appeal, regardless of what the fine is. This doesn't even make sense. Now, look, I know Trump's got a lot of problems in other indictments and everything else, but but this if you're a real estate developer, you're watching this, you're saying, what is this? This is ridiculous. What is this? This is ridiculous. Of course, anybody who's ever sold their home, you're not lowballing it. You're going to go as high as you can, realizing that there's going to have to be some room to negotiate and ultimately, hopefully get to what you really expect to have for it. It's so basic. It's so obvious. It's to it's to drown President Trump in endless nonsense, hoping that the last scoop of yuck that they put on him will be the one that keeps him from rising again and emerging through it and fighting and prevailing and persevering and God forbid for them winning. Do not go anywhere, my friends. Coming up next, Chris Hume. This is the reporter who broke the story of Amos Miller being basically shut down by the Department of Agriculture. His organic farm, his ability to feed 4,000 customers stopped on a dime. And the crickets, crickets among Republicans in the state of Pennsylvania about it. This reporter joins us live coming up next. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio program. Delighted to welcome to all of you the managing editor of the Lancaster Patriot. This is the gentleman who has broken and doggedly reported on the story of Amos Miller's organic farm, which was shut down by the Department of Agriculture and by authorities here in Pennsylvania. And this guy, Chris Hume, is the one who did it all. Chris, welcome so much to the program. I'm delighted to have you. Hey, thanks, Wendy. Super excited to be here. This is uh, th- this is not my America. This this is not. I'm sure you feel the same way. Are you just in disbelief when you? I mean, explain to everybody what you saw as you were there on the premises and these folks roll in. Yeah, well, I got a phone call from a contact saying Amos Miller's farm is being raided again, and, and I get there within 30 minutes, and there's multiple vehicle vehicles there, state troopers there preventing entrance into the farm store. Even Amos Miller was not allowed in to see what they're doing uh, and just going through for hours and hours, going through his documents, going through his food products, uh, putting labels in multiple locations, telling him he can't sell any of his stuff, and then finally rolling out, taking some of his products, uh, really not interested in answering our questions, you know, just following orders, just doing their job and uh, really attempting to put this man out of business. Yeah, what's this all predicated on? Why why would the Department of Agriculture, with a state police escort, roll into a guy's farm? He's been an um, he's been 
obviously Amish forever, but he's been a farmer for 30 years. And for some reason, this they've got this real axe to grind on him. What does it come from? I think the bottom line, Wendy, is that Amos Miller represents an escape from the status hellhole uh, that these bureaucrats want to, us all to live under. And uh, the Amish, you know, are something of a control group. They've, in many ways, not in every way, in many ways, uh, stayed separate from the status control. They've gotten out of the government schools. They've gotten out of Social Security. And, uh, you know, food is an area that is a big part of the Amish way of life, farming, raising your own food. And Amos Miller, I think what's really dangerous about him to these statists is that he, re- he represents a way to get into that lifestyle for the non-Amish. Most of his customers, surprisingly, are not Amish. Um, but, but Amos Miller is bringing them into this lifestyle where they are free from big food, from big pharma, from big government control. And that's scary to the statists because if we don't depend on the state for our food, for our health, uh, then they really can't control us. And I think that's really what this is about. It's not about safety. I mean, there's so many outbreaks. The CDC just came out with, you know, a recent E. coli outbreak, and 80% of the people said they had eaten at Wendy's. You're not going to see Wendy's being shut down anytime soon because, you know, they got their kickbacks going to the politicians. But not Amos Miller. He represents freedom, and that is scary to the statists. Yeah, when I saw that his uh, business, and, and I would imagine his, his farm is, is quite expansive. It's, it's huge, and the products are, are diverse, yes? Yeah, absolutely. Amos, and it's not only Amos Miller's products. He, there's a small network of farmers here in Lancaster County um, that also provide food to him, and really they're at threat as well. So Amos is under attack. His employees are under attack. These other farmers in Lancaster County and the surrounding areas that provide some of the natural organic products for Amos to sell within his network, they're also under attack. This is nothing short of an attack on an alternative food network that these people are trying to operate outside of big food and and the state does not want that to happen. Right on. And we were talking the other day, uh, Chris, speaking with Chris Hume, the managing editor from the Lancaster Patriot, who's broken the story about just this tyrannical shutdown uh, of this man's farm. And I was talking to Doug Mastriano, the senator here from Pennsylvania, Chris, and he was telling me that this this goes back many years, even to 2016, when the Department of Agriculture kind of came knocking on his door and was like, hey, you got to put all these antibiotics and these hormones in your in your meat. And he was like, pound sand. That's not that's not what organic farming is all about. And that kind of started this process. Is that correct? Yeah, this goes back at least to 2016. And interestingly, the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture, as I understand it, really wanted to go after Amos then. And and they didn't have, they weren't able to do so. So they ended up going to the federal government, as I understand it, and trying to get their help. So first they went to the FDA, I believe. And then eventually the USDA said, well, we can get involved in this and we can try to regulate Amos, you know, his his meat production. Um, And so that was a huge, huge ordeal. Um, Unfortunately, for Amos and his customers, it was a bit of a setback. Uh, some of his meat is being sent off-site now to USDA facilities, uh, which his customers really didn't want, and Amos doesn't want either. And so his legal team is still fighting that. But that was a, a you know multiple-year. Amos ended up paying, I think, $80,000. Uh, he had to send some of his meat off, and and uh, and everything was okay you know, for a year and a half. And then all of a sudden, the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture comes back on his farm. Uh, and they're not done with him. They, they do not want Amos Miller to be able to operate outside of their regulatory control. And, you know, you mentioned Senator Mastriano. I'm just I'm really uh, concerned that these representatives, these freedom fighters uh, are not willing to take a real public stand here in what's happening, because 
if they're not going to defend Amos Miller, they're not going to defend you and I, Wendy. And, and this is a very serious thing. If we can't decide what we eat and put into our bodies, this is not America. And, and that goes to your point earlier. A hundred percent. And we should say for people who are new to this program or to this conversation, the most recent raid on Amos Miller's farm allegedly was about somebody somewhere who got sick drinking his eggnog. I mean, these are these are such dubious, questionable, non-verifiable or proven claims, Chris. It just it makes you feel so uncomfortable from head to toe. Right. And and if we think that the government really has our best health interests in mind after encouraging us, shall I put it lightly, to inject into our body any number of unknown poisons, um, and then not to mention the, you know, the thousands and thousands of food outbreaks that happen across the nation mm-hmm. at government-approved facilities, um, not to mention all the preservatives, the additives, the chemicals that the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture is happy to approve, um, we're supposed to think that we can't make our own food choices. And yeah, there were reports of allegedly two people who got sick um, and allegedly consumed Miller's products. We don't know the connection to this. I'm really interested, Wendy. It's been about 10 days now. I've contacted the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture. Haven't heard back yet. I'd like to see all the results from the products they've tested. I would imagine if there were uh, negative results, they would have put that all over the news. You know, I'm not sure, but you know, I'd like to see what's going on here. And the other thing is, Amos Miller does not refuse to be regulated. People need to understand that. There's always going to be regulation. The question is, for the American people, can we regulate our food choices or do we need the government to do so? And and that's what this is about. Amen, 100%. Are you familiar with all sorts of prior issues Amos Miller has had with his customers? I'm sure if he had issues with processing his meats or or any of his cheeses or his raw milks, that uh, people would stop buying from him, right? Instead, he's got 4,000 buyers to to his basic buying club, Chris. Right, thousands and thousands of customers over decades. And here's the thing, Wendy. I can go to Amos Miller's farm. I can shake his hand. I can walk through his facility. Can I do that with Kraft or Kellogg's? I would never get past the front door. It'd say, get out of here. Security's not letting you in. And this is what America, the, the statists in America, they want us, they, they want to prevent us from going to meet our farmer, shaking his hand, looking at his facility. But they want us to trust that they'll go in and do the inspections. And the American people need to wake up to that. And I challenge, there's a state rep here in Lancaster County named Dave Zimmerman, and he's, he's on the Agricultural Committee. He had a chance to sit down with Russell Redding, who signed the order to extend this detention. And I'm challenging him and Senator Mastriano to defy this tyranny. We talk about, you know, the Boston Tea Party and the Founding Fathers. But, yeah, we can't even stand up for Amos Miller and defy this man-made mandate saying you're not allowed to feed your neighbor. This is what the communists did. And we can't, we can't defy it. I'm... That's what shocks me more than anything else. 100%. I join with Chris Hume in calling out Pennsylvania Republicans. I'd love to call out Pennsylvania Democrats, but you guys suck. I'm going to call out Pennsylvania Republicans. Where are you? What are you doing? How is it possible that this man, Chris Hume, on the ground and me with a radio program have done more than anybody in, in, you know, in our government here in Pennsylvania to do what is right? This is the part, Chris, to me that leaves me sickened. This is where we are. Yeah, yeah, it's it's and I think people need to wake up and see what's happening here. Uh, It's. The government will not stop, and that's why Amos Miller, he's standing firm, and uh, he needs support, because once you give in, the government's going to keep going. Uh, Once you say, all right, fine, we don't have the ability to make our own food choices, 
you're right, you know, the nanny state has to take care of us. They have to tell us what we can eat. You know, pretty soon, and they're already pushing this, the nanny state will protect us. You know, we don't need our guns. You know, we don't need our local farmers. You know, we don't need to educate our own children. Uh, this needs to stop. It needs to stop now. And I'm hoping that this situation will cause uh, Americans and some of these supposedly conservative leaders to wake up and stop, you know, hiding behind their committees and their seats and say, well, we're going to take a stand here because there's not going to be an America left if we don't 100%. do that. Right. Oh, I'm sure all sorts of national news outlets are banging down your door, right, trying to cover the story? Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't, you know, unfortunately, uh, no. The, the, generally speaking, this news is not, you know, on the top of the list for these big companies because they're in bed with the big government. And the big food, co- you know, the big food corporations are the ones that are pushing the regulations more than anyone else. And just, just stop and think about that for a minute. You know, the places where you can't go in and look at their facilities, they're the ones saying they want the big regulations. But a local farmer who will let you come in and look see what he's doing, uh, you know, they're trying to shut him down. He's Something's the threat. Right here. Yeah, he's the threat. I want to talk to you about this fundraiser that you started. You put in 150000 as your goal. Give, send, go. Amos Miller is under attack again. What, what did you think you were going to get? And, and talk about what you've seen. Yeah, I mean, it's been overwhelming. I mean, at first I said, well, maybe we can get ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 here, help him uh, keep going here. And I was you know, encouraged to say, well, no, we we got to go for more. we got to keep him in business. There's multiple bills he has to pay. He has multiple employees. These other farmers rely on him. And so we set the goal to $150,000. And uh, last I checked, we're over $130,000. i am not sure exactly where it is right now. But the response has been overwhelming. And most of these people donating, that's the other thing. You know, the average donation is around 70 or $80. These are regular people who care about freedom in America. And you're not going to have any big shot, you know, these huge corporations supporting this because it goes against their interests. But that this is the hope we have still in America is that we, the people, will oppose this communist statism that wants to prevent us from eating, you know, the food we want to eat. Chinese, the Chinese in the 1950s, they went into farmers' homes and took their their farming equipment, their kitchen equipment. They said the state's going to take over. Is that what we want as mm-hmm. America? And, th- and this fundraiser is showing, no, people people don't want that. And uh, I'm hoping that we can keep Amos in business and he can win the, this whole ordeal and we can move forward. you got a lot of Wendy Bell Radio listeners who've given money? Yes, absolutely. I've seen multiple people on there saying uh, they've heard about this fundraiser through Wendy Bell, so I appreciate that very much. Um, there's a ton more information you can find at the LancasterPatriot.com slash help Amos. But it. you've had a huge part in getting this word out, Wendy. So, you know, on behalf of Amos, we definitely appreciate that. No, no, I was just shouting out all the people out there, good people who know what's going on. Sir, you are among them. Thank you for being one of the brave voices out there. Chris Hume doing what the mainstream media long ago forgot how to do, and that's called Cover the Truth. Chris Hume from the Lancaster Patriots. Thank you, sir. Do not go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, a little more J.B. Pritzker just to punch you in the stomach as you were feeling good about people being awake. Oh, wait for this one next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. You know, that's the, that's the thing. That, that is the story. Where is your representation? Where are the people who will travel, you know, all throughout their zip code or their district in order to get your vote, who will mobilize door knockers and will send out mailings when the crap hits the fan and they're needed? Where are they? 
You know, and this is one of the annoying and obnoxious arguments that J.B. Pritzker has been making as we've peppered through this program that he made over the weekend with ABC's Jonathan Carl. And he's trying to he's trying to soften the poll blows to Joe Biden and and trying to make it sound as though, well, when it comes to things like personality, like empathy and, and that sort of stuff, Joe Biden, he's he's the winner that doesn't. That doesn't help us in a world where our rights are being stripped from us left and right. It doesn't help us in in a country where we have elected leaders flying to freaking Switzerland to to talk about global garbage. When, When we've got a real fight going on here, how dare you? Brian Kemp, you're a lackey. You've sucked from the beginning. How dare you? Where are those people in Pennsylvania? Because I hear crickets. And when you put your hat in the ring and you say, no, I care. These are the times when you care. And you show up. And you do something. But we got nothing. We've got a leadership problem, ladies and gentlemen, in this country. Let me get back to JB. I'm almost done. Actually, seriously, I've got two more clips with him. Or multiple clips with him. Because what he was saying yesterday with Jonathan Carl is so predictably disappointing. And you got to hear it. So in these audio sound bites, it's basically the selling of Democrat nonsense. When you've got nothing to run on, when you have a lousy candidate who clearly has dementia, and, and when you run yourself in circles trying to cover it up, trying to pretend, and now they've been given the green light. They're allowed to let him sink. He's going to get out of it in the next 30 to 60 days. Even Pritzker says that, right? You have to create some other story. The other story for a while is that it's really Donald Trump. Ah, it's MAGA Republicans. Ah, if they take over, it's going to be revenge, ah, right? Could it be worse than it is presently? I sure as hell hope not. But I see the possibilities of what could come. In a positive way, if we get our collective heads out of our derrieres. Pritzker tells Jonathan Carl here. Actually, Carl's asking him. Donald Trump refuses to, to, to debate, right? This is the, the backdrop of today's caucus in Iowa. Donald Trump still refuses to debate. I mean, should we all agree that Joe Biden has refused to debate? Joe Biden has now, for the third time, refused RFK Jr., the duly needed and uh, he's allowed to have Secret Service protection as a third candidate, third party candidate. He deserves that. No, Joe Biden doesn't want him to be protected. Joe Biden doesn't want to debate. Joe Biden can't debate. Listen to the question from Jonathan Carl. Go. Well, one thing we've seen in, in throughout this primary process is Trump has refused to debate. Do you expect that assuming he is the nominee, are we going to see debates in the fall? Are we going to see debates in the fall? Is that something we're going to see? Well, we're not going to see any debates anytime soon. He won't even talk Joe Biden, won't even talk to Marianne Williamson. He will not debate anybody because he will not be there. Listen to the answer. Go. 
I would think so. I mean, I, I have not seen a presidential election in my lifetime where there wasn't at least one debate between the two candidates. So I think what we're going to see that. But the debate is ongoing, as you know. And once a nominee is chosen on the Republican side, once again, I think you're going to start to see the real contrast, whether there's a debate or two in the fall. Uh, every day you're going to see the contrast between these two visions for a future for the American people. And it's Joe Biden that really stands with working families. Wow. I wonder if Amos Miller would agree with that. Amos, do you agree that Joe Biden stands with you, that his Democrats, they're all about making life better for you, that they want to get out of the way, that they know you know how to grow food. You know how to raise livestock. You know that it should be free range to forage on roots and grass and bugs and berries. Because what you've done for decades has worked and it has grown. See, the Democrats are all about taking everything away from us. This is why anybody would fly over to Davos to meet with Klaus Schwab, to give any credence whatsoever to this idea that some global entity should rule us. Because all farming stops at that point and you get the scraps. Say goodbye to your car. You won't travel anymore. You'll be a product of a little house in a 15 minute city where you get what the government gives you. This is why they want everybody to stay home. Why would you want to work? The government can give you $40,000 a year and you don't have to do much, right? Why would you work hard? Why would you want to dream and make 100 or 200 or $5 million or $100 million? You wouldn't. Don't work. It's okay. It's all about mediocrity, and mediocrity is just fine. It's comfortable. J.B. Pritzker, that's what you're down for? Is that the message you teach your kids and your grandkids? Don't do anything. The government will take care of you. Because if that's the case, that's scary as nuts. Hey, when we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio Program... I want to tell you what's coming up in hour number three. We really have to have a serious conversation about Lloyd Austin. Well, what's going on with this guy? All of a sudden now, John Kirby is saying he might need more care. His doctors might need to keep him for an extended period of time. Is this guy even alive? Where are you, Lloyd Austin? And what's going on and why it matters? Next, hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio Network.